Thursday, 4 p.m. Central. I'm Fred McMurray, which means this must be... Wow. That doesn't sound like soft rock to me. <laughs> no, that's not soft rock at all. That's, <laughs> that's a little wild and crazy. <laughs> Yes. Hey, welcome to another episode of Pillars of Franchising. We've got a great show for you today. How are you, Elizabeth? Good, we do. And you didn't say it, so I will. Friday Eve, our favorite day of the week next to Friday. Yes, hallelujah. I know. I thought it was Friday all day. Yeah, you know that holiday we had at the beginning of the week screwed everything up. I don't think anybody really knows what day it is. And then with the weather and... Yeah, it's yep. been a weird week, but not a weird show, hopefully. No. <laughs> no um, and before we get started, as usual, I want to remind everybody that we have a call-in number. If you have questions for our guests or our host, our number is 323-580-5755. So do not forget to participate and uh, let us know you're out there. So Kristen, what is our word on the street today? Well, I was reading the other day uh, from our friends at Franchise Times about the big thing with the SBA mm-hmm. and no longer doing a directory, a franchise directory, which has everybody kind of curious as to how things are going to go with that, right? So, uh, as you know, the SBA uh, posts a directory, and that helps a lot of lenders to know if that should be kind of a fast track company, um, if they've been around for a while, they, they kind of take the SBA franchise directory as a stamp of approval. Um, the SBA says that's not really the case. They don't do it as a stamp of approval. But the question is now, how much more work do the lenders have to do? And how is that going to impact um, borrowers or potential franchisees? Well, and before you go down that route, um, Explain why it matters. If somebody's new to the franchising industry, why does it matter that they're on the SBA, you know, their, their directory, their franchise directory? What's the well, importance of that? Yeah, so typically the SBA has a, I'll call it a fast track, the 7A program, which makes lending uh, much easier. It makes it a little faster process. And again, many lenders look at um, being on that list as being kind of a rite of passage. So typically you don't see brand new um, franchises on there, people who have proven themselves, so to speak. And so um, for that now, you have a lot of situations where, you know, the franchisor and the and the uh, potential franchisee are looking to get something open sooner. And now all of a sudden it could take a, a great deal more time for the banks to actually approve those loans. So as it stands right now, there's a lot of banks that don't do franchise lending at all because they just don't understand it. Well, we talk about that on the show, like a banker is not just a banker, a lender is not just a lender, a lawyer is not just a lawyer when you're dealing with the franchise space. So what this list does is lend some credibility that this is, in fact, a franchise model, that they have a proven system, right? Right. So that enables the ones who are experienced franchise lenders to move a little more quickly, right? 
Yeah, and so in some ways, you know, if you were an emerging brand, you might actually think this is to your advantage. Mm-hmm. And now it's not that you're not on the list, it's that nobody's on the list, right? right. And they level the playing field. Um, you know, it's important for everybody to know that the Federal Trade Commission monitors these companies and, you know, they require them to file um, franchise disclosure documents, which I know Ray will be talking about later on in the show. Um, and so, you know, I don't believe anybody ever sets out to um, design a brand that's going to fail, but um, certainly the banks and the and the potential franchisees are looking for something that shows them that this is indeed a, a true, legit, and successful model that they can make money at. So um, it'll be really interesting to see how this progresses. I'm not sure um, if we'll see some of the banking standards or banking procedures change. I'm sure that we will. Um, but in the meantime, as we've talked about and you mentioned, um, it's really important that if you're looking to fund a franchise that you get a hold of a bank that um, specializes in franchises and you can find those on the SBA's website as well. Um, and, you know, again, don't go to your neighborhood bank because 99.9% of the time the neighborhood bank is not a franchising bank. And so, Kristen, one thing the article talked about was that with smaller, like you're talking about your neighborhood bank, it's more impactful. But with the national lenders, they're going to have an understanding of how to navigate that process. But doesn't that make it even more important that you go to a bank that does franchise lending? Oh, for sure. I mean, if you go to your neighborhood bank, it's it's very likely that you could wind up lost in the shuffle. Mm -hmm. Many times if they don't understand franchises, they just reject the loan altogether. And I'll tell you, you know, we've talked with a few clients um, that you may remember as well, that the local bank has encouraged them rather than going through the SBA, whether rather than going through some more secure type loans, they suggested people leverage their homes for loan. And that's not always the right thing. And that's also why we suggest that people get with not only a franchise lawyer, but their CPA and somebody who's a CPA that understands franchising because not all CTAs understand franchising either. And there's a big learning curve if, if you're the first one in a in a firm that does not know franchising. So definitely mm-hmm. want to make sure that you're careful. And if you're not sure where to go, you can certainly check pillarsoffranchising.com because we have many resources um, there online for you of people that we've vetted, we've worked with, and chances are they've all been on the air. So you can actually listen to their episode and get some more information, see if it feels like a good fit for you. Yeah, absolutely. And if you know specific questions you want to ask immediately, you can always email us at yourdream at pillarsoffranchising.com and we can get you that information pretty quickly. Absolutely. So on with the show, Kristen, we've got a great guest. We do. I can't wait to talk to her. And there she is. Welcome, Courtney. Hello. Thank you for having me. We are so excited. Hi, Ray. Ray, super excited. Yo, welcome to the show. So to be here. With us today is Courtney Harmon. She's president of the Driveway Company and Soft Rock. Not the music, right, Ray? We that's right. That earlier. Right. Not Soft Rock the music. <laughs> that was, that, that's in reference to my comment right at the beginning of the show. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Ray's got a lot of those today. So in, in um, what we want to just do is introduce you a little bit, Courtney. Um, obviously, you've been a franchisee for 16 years. Is that right? 
not consecutively. So I was first a franchisee 17 years ago uh, at Curves International and sold that franchise. And I am currently a franchisee again, going into year three with uh, Driveway Company and year year one with SoftRock. Awesome. Awesome. So I had been in franchising for 17 years. So the background in franchising struck me because you went from Curves to construction. Yes. You got my name's Courtney, and they all start with a C, so it just makes sense, right? <laughs> but how did you go from like a wellness brand into construction? Because that's kind of a big jump. That's a yeah. huge jump. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a question that I'm I'm asked all the time, and, and the short answer is that my passion it, it truly lies with franchising in general, and just being in a space where I can contribute to creating opportunities for. For other people who share similar experiences to what I was going through when I was first searching uh, to become an entrepreneur of, and open my own business and, and the, the different challenges and struggles that I faced and helping others overcome those. But um, the, the, the bigger picture to that is after uh, my career at Curves, whenever we had gotten bought out and the company moved to California, um, my husband and I had decided, you know, we're going to open some of our own businesses. And um, one of the previous CEOs uh, of Curves, who at the time started with one of our other brands that is under our umbrella company, uh, Seller, today, uh-huh. had reached out and, and asked me if I would just come and do some some contract work with him, some freelance work, some consulting. Um, and, and I honestly turned him down at first. I said, no, you know, we're too busy. We kind of have all this other stuff going on. Um, and we ended up meeting one day for, for breakfast and it, it just felt right. So I ended up doing some work with them on one of our other larger brands. Uh-huh. And uh, about six months later, the driveway company uh, became a, a concept that, that we were looking at. And I was working through Discovery Day content and sitting in trainings. And, and it took about, you know, 90 days where I was just really thinking, like, what am I missing? What, what, is, what is it about this that wouldn't make me want to, to jump in? And, and yeah. the short answer to that was that I promised myself I would never be a franchise owner again, ironically. <laughs> um, and then sure enough, here I, am, here I am today. So I had taken the, the concept home to my husband and, and my brother, who is also a business partner of ours, who, who has several other businesses in the home service and construction industry. And they agreed. And so we, we at that time just decided to go all in and uh, invested in two units. Um, and then about 18 months later, uh, Softrock was was uh, another brand that came along uh, through yeah. trying to find additional services with a uh, driveway company. So that's kind of the, the longer answer to your question. Awesome. Awesome. And anybody with kids probably is familiar with Softrock, right? I that's my goal today not quite yet but I will tell you any parent that has soft rock and children are extremely pleased with their investment <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely I'll tell you and there's nothing worse than going home and taking their shoe off and you've got a bunch of um like mulch in their shoe and dirt all over they fall on a hard surface and crack their head I mean it's just it's just not good so yes with, with soft rock we kind of have have the thing that it's it's that custom surfacing that truly does check every box on your list you know and so useful can be a comfortable option useful can be a stylish option and it can be a playful option awesome 
we were talking briefly about, um, and we'll, we'll come back to stellar brands as a whole, but before the show, we were talking about how often people will choose to buy the driveway company and soft rock because they're so complimentary. Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. So we do have several uh, multi-brand owners that have a soft rock and a driveway company. And then we also have independent driveway company owners and soft rock owners. And it's really unique to see what matches best for each owner, depending on their, their needs and their goals and, and how quickly they're looking to scale their business. So we really try to find the best fit in that space based on again the goals and the business plan that that each candidate and or owner has long term um but but what i love about this concept is that while we are marketing to a different ideal customer for a driveway company than we are uh, for soft rock the resources such as equipment and tools and staffing and labor all of those things that you need to operate one is nearly identical to operate two so for many of our owners, it's easier for them to scale their business uh, vertically versus horizontally by in, investing in resources to bring on additional services, utilizing mm -hmm. what they already have uh, versus investing in more territory or farmland um, and having to scale uh, outward. So I like to refer to it as, you know, it, it, it depends on if you want to go an, an inch wide and a mile deep or a mile wide and an inch deep. And, and we have the versatility to scale both. I think that's awesome. That's I, really cool. I, I can see where, uh, especially soft rock, I think uh, most schools nowadays, when they have playgrounds, are, are, are not putting in sand or concrete, obviously. They're going to put in something that's durable like something like soft rock. So uh, how, how does that work? I mean, I'm just, I'm just curious from a technical standpoint, is that pretty much? Uh, uh, yeah, um, it's, it's is definitely. Is it glued together or is it loose? Or yeah, so it's loose. So we have a bucket and we have loose rubber granules that range in size of like one millimeter to four millimeters. And then we go through a mixing process. So you pick your custom color. It could be a blend of two colors or four colors. And then you mix it with a binder and you hand trowel it down um, and then you close it. So once the surface is completely installed, it's antimicrobial because we do use a closed cell resin. So uh, bacteria and mold can inhibit it in that environment. And um, it's soft and impact resistant, like you said. So in, in the residential space, our most popular application for soft rock is going to be your pool deck, where your kids are right. running around without uh -huh. shoes on and the concrete's hot, or um, it's aggregate exposed, so their feet gets really roughed up uh, from, from that hard surface, or they slip and they fall. Um, so residentially, pool decks are number one. And then obviously, there is a wide variety of popular commercial applications such as playgrounds and uh, tracks and uh, hotel pool decks, apartment complexes, uh, retirement facilities. Um, wow. but, but it's really unique to see the amount of testing in this uh, industry that, that can help you identify the safety, um, the safety specs that you can accomplish and achieve for children that are playing on equipment uh, with, with rubber in the, in the market as a whole. So is it's that good. for us? Is it, is it mature? It is. Look at you. Most people don't even ask 
say that question. Now you're speaking my language. It is. It is it is porous. So it will reduce the amount of water penetration by up to 70%. And so what a lot of people don't understand is your your substrate is only as good as your sub-base, right? So if water continues to pour on top of your concrete over time, it's washing out the dirt in that sub-base beneath it, which is where you get the uneven slabs of concrete and trip hazards. Mm -hmm. And so while it's still porous uh, to where in, in northern locations, ice will not accumulate on top of it, it'll still soak through, um, mm -hmm. most of the time the water will either evaporate or penetrate before it gets all the way to the sub-base mm -hmm. washing it out when soft rock is, was, is on top of it. So um, great question. Just, <laughs> could, oh. I just want to, because this is all related, if you don't mind for a second, Kristen. No. The driveway company now, they're primarily asphalt, is that correct, or, or concrete? So it, it, we actually do concrete preventative maintenance and repair is our number one service. So crack repair, joint repair, surface cleaning, top coat sealing, again, just a liquid uh, top coat sealer that prevents water penetration completely in that case uh, to preserve concrete. Uh, concrete is the number one most consumed material in the world behind water, believe it or not, which water is concrete's worst enemy. Um, but we are in the business with the driveway company to preserve the concrete surfaces that we all stand on and live on in our communities and homes. Yeah, the only reason I was asking is because I'm trying to get in my head the equipment that's used for each is somewhat similar. You need a backhoe or, or you know, whatever. So, and then uh, do you hire subs to do this work or, or, or does each company have their own equipment and do their own work? Great question. So for what we consider our level one services or our core services, you actually don't need the backhoe or the skid steer or the heavy operating equipment. That's what makes our brand so unique um, in the construction space and why I actually can do an entire level one service by myself with my own two hands if I needed to, right? So, so yeah, we typically have laborers on staff and we have crews that are about two to three technicians that do all of those core services day to day. Now we have locations that do larger construction projects that do require the equipment for tear out and repour and such. And we do have a labor model to where you can do that through subcontractors or by bringing it in house. So we do have the means to support you in those avenues, but it's not the foundation for which the business, the, the initial business model built upon. Excellent. Wow. That's amazing. I love that you could do it yourself. I mean, yeah. uh, we, we have to go to commercial, but when we come back, I really want to talk about, so these franchisees, people looking to buy um, both of these businesses, what's the level of necessary knowledge, how involved do they get? So I'm going to go ahead and we're going to pay the bills now, but when we come back, join me talking to Courtney and Ray about what would it be like to own a driveway company or soft rock. We'll be right back. What are the top three reasons that you should tune in to Felicia Franchising? One, franchise advice from a million dollar mentoring team. And two, how about interviews from franchise professionals and influencers? And number three, how about getting some professional tips on buying, growing, and exiting your franchise? Join us on Pillars of Franchising to learn about the secrets of franchising success. You can find us at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time, wherever you listen to your podcast.
So that wasn't the commercial I was anticipating, but nonetheless. <laughs> so Courtney, let's talk about, you mentioned how easy the level one maintenance and things are. We talked about how great of a model these two play together and that the same labor, a lot of the same tools or equipment can be used, huge pluses. But let's talk about the level of knowledge somebody needs to invest in a driveway company and SoftRock. What does that look like? A great question. And so the only thing that you really need to to have is the skill set to be a good learner, right? So the training that we provide will give you all of the information and education that you need to be successful in this business. So you don't have to have an extensive background in concrete. You don't have to have an extensive background in playground safety or rubber surfacing. Everything um, that we have to offer in a business model is coachable. So as long as you are a coachable individual, you can be successful in this business. That's awesome. And do you primarily look for people who want to work in the business, on the business, or a little bit of both? What does that look like? So we have a variety of both. We do have um, a handful of absentee owners looking for, for passive income opportunities. We have semi-absentee owners, and we have owner-operators. And I... I enjoy working with each one of them. Obviously, when it comes to how much money can I make, you know, the golden question everyone wants to know. Oh yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna get out of it what you put in it, right? Mm -hmm. um, so we do see fantastic results in terms of uh, return on the owner-operator model. Um, those that are eager to get in there and not necessarily do the work with their own hands, but are willing to work at their business um, on a regular basis. So, but again, we do have the semi-absentee ownership model, which, which does work as well. It's just a different level of what you put into it, right? So whether that's, um, you know, a little bit of sweat equity or capital investment, um, depending on, on what your business goals are, we just try and help you find the best model that works for you. Awesome. And you referenced being coachable. Can you tell me a little bit about the type of support that you offer to new franchisees, both initially you know, as they become owners and then a year or two down the road, what kind of support are you able to give them? Yes, great question. And and one that we're, we're really proud of. So when it comes to support, our number one rule is that we're not successful if you're not successful. And so we have a very structured um, onboarding process that is initiated almost immediately after you decide to become a franchisee and sign that agreement with us and become a part of the family. And that onboarding process can take anywhere from about six to eight weeks. Again, you can work at your own pace through that. And then that kind of guides your path to initial training, which is going to be about a week. And now when I say a week, if you are one of the owners who decides that you want to invest in both a, a driveway company and a soft rock, that would be a two-week training program and, and a two, uh, six to eight-week period of onboarding. Um, but, but it is a week per brand, and that is going to be a combination of classroom training as well as hands-on training. So at initial training, we really focus deep into those core level one services while you're here. And then you go home, you get opened, you, you get started, and then you are transitioned into working with your franchise coach. 
So we have a franchise coach who will work with you um, as much as you are willing to work with him in the beginning uh, to get everything ramped up and started. And then once you're in the routine of things, at a minimum, you're going to have a monthly business assessment call with him where you'll go through your KPIs and your targets and your, and, and your financial goals and results so mm -hmm. that you can continue to work toward what you want to accomplish by the end of year one. Awesome. And, and you also mentioned you're part of the umbrella company Stellar Service Brands. And so if somebody were looking for a driveway company or soft rock and you thought, well, you know, they might be better suited for one of these others. Can you tell us just who are the other companies that Stellar Brands, Stellar Service Brands uh, represent? Yes, so under our umbrella today is Restoration One, which is our largest brand, followed by Blue Frog Plumbing and Drain, Plumbing and Drain, and then the driveway company in Soft Rock. And uh, we were acquired by Stellar at the beginning of last year, and it has been such a blessing and an incredible experience. Uh, our partners operate with integrity, and they truly want to allow us as leaders to drive the vision for the business and support mm -hmm. us in, in what we feel is best for the brand and for the franchisees. They've been incredible partners. And being the, the smallest today of these four brands, uh, it's almost like we have this incredible angel investor that we, we're able to share in uh, with a lot of these shared resources that yeah. most most brands our size and age just simply don't have access to yet. So it's very yeah. rare, and we are very blessed and lucky in that regard, and uh, very, very proud to be a part of the Stellar family. Well, and that's one thing when I talk to people about buying a franchise when they're a little sketchy on an emerging brand or a smaller brand, when they're part of an umbrella company, the resources are there. And so if you're out there looking to buy something and you're like, well, I don't know, this sounds really interesting, but it's so small, take a look and find out, are they a part of something bigger? Because, you know, as Ray and I have found out too, being part of Neighborly, there have been some big advantages to that as well. So you, you, you always take the, the good with the bad, right? And so um, I think that's great. Yes, absolutely. How many... Go ahead, Ray. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just thought maybe it's time to jump to the nitty-gritty and ask you, what is, what is the investment that for each company that is required, and how much uh, money do you need to have in the bank uh, as well? Great question. So independently, the, the initial investment is equal. So you're going to be looking at all in uh, an investment between around 90 and 170,000. That's our that's our initial investment range. And uh, there's no brick and mortar required. So it's low startup costs, low initial investment, and low overhead once you get up and going initially. So a uh, franchise fee on both brands is 59.5. Uh, but if you do look at investing in both together, we, we look at all creative opportunities to try and make it work to, to your financial budget. Um, awesome. So a great option there for you. And then as far as, I'm so sorry, Ray, what was the, oh, what you, what you can make. Yes, we've already <laughs> talked about that a little bit. Um, in terms of you're going to get out of it, what you put in it. And, and as a franchisee and a corporate leader, I am uniquely limited as to what I can really disclose or represent in terms of financial claims. But regardless of that being the case, um, I, I always go to you're going to get out of, what, out of it what you put into it. And I encourage you to do your research, right? So do as much research as you possibly can to see what your opportunity is. And that's in a variety of ways, starting with validation. 
um, reaching out to existing owners in this franchise and seeing what they've been able to achieve in, in correlation to their financial goals. Uh, second to that, go into other franchises and validate with them and see what the value is from that franchisee's experience in going with a franchisor versus independent. And then third, I like to recommend that you do your research in the industry. So the concrete industry specific to driveway company is a $76 billion industry. So the opportunities are huge there. Mm -hmm. um, the rubber market industry is, is currently a $60 billion industry and growing astronomically, not just domestically here in the U.S., but globally. Um, so I, I highly encourage you to do your research in that as well. And then you can make that assessment in, in correlation with how much time you're willing to put in and, and what resources you have available to start your business, what you're going to be able to achieve for yourself. Wow, Ray, we, we need to buy a driveway company in Soft Rock. <laughs> Soft Rock, definitely. I, I think yeah, I mean, a huge market for that, I think. It, it really is. Courtney, tell us on that note, what markets are you focusing on expanding in right now? Great question. So uh, for driveway company today, we have just over 40 uh, locations. For Softrock, we have about 32. Um, so we have a lot of white space and market share to offer. So it's interesting. I'm, I'm very eager to expand in the northern locations. There are su there's such a lack of surface uh, permanent surface solutions solutions for people who experience harsh winter storms. And, and Softrock is virtually indestructible. It can be snow plowed in the winter months. So um, wow. I would love to, I would love to see us grow and expand uh, into markets up north, but a lot of white space open and there's just no better time than right now to get in with, with Softrock, especially and driveway companies. Wow. Okay. You heard it here first, all of you in the Midwest and upper north, let's get this thing going. Yeah. It sounds awesome. I mean, I never thought I would get excited about driveways and, and soft rock. When we <laughs> I'm like, Ray, we got to talk about this. This is a pretty yeah. good setup here. Well, I think neither you or I were excited about cleaning toilets when we started our business either. We were, but I don't like my paycheck, you know, that's the thing. And, and it's always great, you know, for those of you listening, you know, part of talking to our franchisors here and especially emerging brands is that you get an opportunity to, Kind of see and hear from the leaders and understand what kind of personalities you're working with. And Courtney, it's been such a great pleasure having you on today. Can you Thank tell you us, so much for having me? Yeah, tell our yeah. listeners where and how is best to get a hold of you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I'm based out of Waco, Texas. Our corporate headquarters is based out of Dallas. So we have a, a, a big presence here in Texas, but check us out online at www.softrock.com or thedrivewaycompany.com. You'll have uh, all of our contact information there to get a hold of us via email or by phone. Uh, and me and my team, you can get a hold of us anytime. I'm, I'm happy to speak with anybody. Obviously, I have a lot of passion to share. So anybody who wants to learn more, uh, please reach out and we will be happy to see if Softrock or Driveway Company is a good fit for you. You oh, definitely, you definitely exude that passion. I mean, oh my everybody, gosh. everybody can see it. Yeah, and when you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. That's right. That is so right. true. That is so true. And I, you know, I think it's great. You know, all of our female listeners out there, this should really empower you. Obviously, Courtney is is proof in the pudding that women belong in construction, and we're usually the ones that make the decisions on where we spend the money. 
that is not just my opinion. That's proven. And so uh, yes. a great, great couple of brands to look, uh, look into for investment purposes. So thank you so much, Courtney. We'll look forward to hearing from you again soon and where the growth has gone with the driveway company and Soft Rock. We'll be right back after this. Thank you, Courtney. Hey, franchise owners. How is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, and ad placement, and customer data intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine with a y.com. Hey, Ray, it's time for another episode of Pillar's Pillar with you, actually. You ready for it? I am. <laughs> I'm sitting here in Florida where it's 39 degrees. I think it's warmer at home in Aurora, Illinois. Is it dry? Yes. It's so dry out, right now. Well, out here it's been, you know, a uh, once-in-a-lifetime uh atmospheric bombs of water and flooding and all other good kind of stuff. And today we start our second round. So we'll see if I can. Now, wait a minute. You told me you were praying for rain. You got it. So what what are you complaining about? (laughs) I'm not complaining. (laughs) I've gotten to teach a few people how to drive Midwestern style. (laughs) But that's not what people are here for. All right. So, um our 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 perspective is always the uh late stage adult who wants to buy an existing franchise and as we mentioned before the FDD is some a a phenomenal way to put yourself asleep mm-hmm. is find out what the company is publishing themselves about themselves correct mhm mm-hmm. yes so I've read some FDDs, 300 page long ones that put me and an accountant to sleep. But what are the top three things? Because if I'm looking at existing franchises, I may be looking at 10 different brands and I don't want to read that many pages. So what would be the top three items you would read to disqualify a franchise? I think you would get a really good indication about the franchise by looking at their legal dealings. So who are they being sued by and who are they suing is basically what it amounts to. Yeah. Uh, From that, I mean, I I think it's going to be fairly obvious what kind of company you're dealing with. And and then if you get past that point, then probably – I would look at the numbers, of course. The item 19. Yeah. And then I would uh, 
look at the list of owners and ex-owners that they shouldn't be including with the FDD. Okay, so what I'm hearing is we look at the legal, um, the any legal issues. Mm-hmm. Are there franchisors out there who don't have any legal issues? Would that be well, aware? When I, when I purchased mine, uh, I actually, uh, that was one of the first things I looked at. Uh, it wasn't called the FDE then, it was called something else, but uh, yeah, it's basically the same thing. Uh, and uh, I looked at it and the page was blank where all their legals were supposed to be. So I thought, well, that's not good. I called them and they says, well, we don't have any legal things going on right now. <laughs> so uh, that was a, a big check in the positive column uh, when I was deciding on which franchise to buy. Okay. So if I'm looking at 10 franchisors and I, I, it is potential that I could stumble into 10 franchisors that have never had any legal issues. Uh, it's possible, but highly unlikely. Well, there's 3,800 plus franchisors in the U.S. Mm. Have the vast majority of them had legal issues? I think I would say yes. It's pretty hard to be in business nowadays without having some sort of legal issues. Uh, but I, I, I can't back that up with any data. I mean, that's an assumption on my part. Okay, so then the second one is I look at the item 19. And then the third one is I jump into um, looking at the current as well as ex-owner list. Yes. Given that I may end up doing this for 10 different systems, how many on each list do I need to call? I would say a minimum would be five minimum if you can do more you know you'd be better off but obviously the list is provided by the franchisor so they're you know they're probably going to be giving you people who are definitely going to give a good review no matter what so it would probably wouldn't hurt to call a few others that are not on the list if you know there's if you can find them you know i think that would be a good idea Okay. Um, Then this has been about the FTD, which is in a sense a very legal document. Um, When do I bring a lawyer in? I mean, I've got 10, we're we're looking at, Mm -hmm. I'm looking at 10 systems and I don't necessarily want to talk to a lawyer on all 10. Right. I want to weed them out as fast as Mm -hmm. possible. So, I would say uh, once you get down to the point, if you can't find one and you're undecided, I wouldn't give him more than probably around three, because otherwise it's going to cost you, you know, he's going to have to, uh, you know, plow through every one of these FTDs and, and make a recommendation. Um, in my case, I, I was pretty much set on, on, on Molly made and, um, I didn't need to, you know, delve any further. But the difference is, is that when you decided on Molly Maid, you were 
buying a franchise that you would grow into tremendous. Right. Right. Whereas I'm looking to buy that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. All right. So, well, you've got to have the franchise or uh, that you're um, going to be acquainted with, with a currently running franchise needs the same kind of betting needs to be done, whether it's new or uh, already existing for the franchisor and, and the franchisee. I, I, so with the new versus the existing is, as we've talked about before, on a new, they can't cook the books. Right. I There's no books to cook. <laughs> now, the franchisor can, and I, I would make the assumption that most of them do a little bit uh, exaggerate the numbers. Which is why you take the item 19 um, with a grain of salt. Exactly. All right. This has been an enlightening um, pillars pillar with you, Ray. Enjoyed it. Yeah. It's always fun. It is. Well, you'll find the FCD is really like reading the phone book sometimes. So uh, stay tuned to Pillars of Franchising as we teach you the ins and outs and quick ways to get through an incredibly enormous dry read. With that, we'd like to thank you for joining us on the show today. And thank you to our guest, Courtney Harmon of the Driveway Company and Soft Rock, all a part of Seller Services brand. So excited to have her on the show. Can't wait to start sharing the um, information that she's provided. As always, we'd like to uh, say thank you. We appreciate you, Ray Piller and producers Fred McMurray and Elizabeth Denham. Best of luck to Jerry Akers and Andrea Mundy, who are off to ISA in Las Vegas. We're looking forward to getting lots of pictures and videos and stories to share with you all. And we're sending well wishes to Karen Kinsey's board, who is out sick. We're thinking of you, Karen. Hurry up. you got to get back here. And with that, I am Kristen Shelmessi, and together we are your resource for franchising success. This has been another episode of Pillars of Franchising, and the dream starts here. Have a great week. Oh, my God.